0: If you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One
1: heart at a time.
0: Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
1: You have found The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio, where every day we seek to inspire and encourage one another with the help of our spiritual directors the next few steps down the path of faith. I am Patrick Conley, and I'm sitting in for Josh Raymond today. It's a pleasure to be with you. If you'd like to check out Practicing Catholic, the local show I host for the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, you can visit practicingcatholicshow.com, where we have archived shows, podcasted interviews, and links to all of our social media posts as well. Well, I hope this Monday morning or Monday afternoon, if you're listening on the East Coast or through the relevant radio app somewhere else in the world, finds you full of hope and joy, especially coming off this Corpus Christi weekend. But I'm guessing that a number of our listeners today may also be encountering suffering to some degree. And even if you aren't suffering today, I'm quite sure that you're familiar with suffering, whether mild or severe or anywhere in between. Suffering is a fact of everyone's life. The question is, how are we to make sense of it? Moreover, how can we know God's presence in the midst of it and trust that He is still at work? Making sense of suffering is our topic here on The Inner Life today, and guiding our discussion will be our spiritual director. Let's say hello to Father Marcel Tayon, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Church in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. Father Tyone, thanks for being our spiritual director today. Good to have you with us.
2: It's a pleasure, an honor, and a grace to be with you. Thanks for having me.
1: Wonderful. Well, let's uh, let's just dive into the deep end here, Father. And when, when it comes to suffering, I think, uh, at least speaking personally in my own life, but I'm guessing that a number of people have this same sort of uh, same sort of experience. That when I'm undergoing suffering, and especially if it's pretty uh, pretty profound suffering, it's those times where I'm I'm uh, I I get upset with the Lord, I get angry at the Lord, and I'm asking things like, uh, God, where are you in this, or why did you allow this to happen? Um, Is that pretty typical? Does that make sense in our human realm?
2: Well, I think you said something at the top of the hour here, right? So everyone experiences suffering. It's a human experience we all have. And for those of us who believe Jesus is God, um, that's what distinguishes Christianity from all other religions. Uh, Without a doubt, we know that uh, if Jesus is god and god the father sent jesus his son to redeem us so even the topic of the show today is called redemptive suffering so right away the word redemption redemptive means redeeming suffering or because christ has redeemed everything so he's redeemed the world our lives our hearts our souls even our bodies but he's also he's made all things new so he's made suffering new and i think that's what distinguishes us from uh, the other great religious traditions of all kinds um, certainly every other major faith we believe that jesus is god and he redeemed us by an act of freely suffering every time we go to catholic mass we say that you hear the priest say right he freely gave himself up he freely entered into his passion so so god chose to suffer and to redeem us by suffering which always unleashes love if we have faith now you make a great point. I think uh, in our own lives, sometimes we can get overwhelmed by suffering. We can get exhausted, intimidated, feel cornered, and also, I think you you touched on that. But sometimes we feel God is so distant. Like, how can this be allowed to happen? Particularly innocent suffering or suffering of children, or sometimes natural disasters, and it raises the question of the problem of evil. You know, the, how can God be good? But but we do un, suffering is a universal human experience, but I would say the short diving into the deep end, as you said, the deep end is the cross of Jesus Christ, so that is the depth of the oceans of redemptive suffering, is trying to see our own suffering in light of the suffering of Christ, who was innocent, and trying to make sense of it but also you know, we'll get I'm sure we'll get it to it later in the program, but uniting our sufferings to his. So mm-hmm. we all suffer, we suffer emotionally, psychologically, physically, and sometimes suffering at the heart, being kinda of feeling alone or separated from God and others if we're suffering something. That's probably the hardest part I think when people mm-hmm. feel sort of by themselves they their suffering. You know, two people can have cancer, right? One person has a bed surrounded by loving family and friends and faith and clergy and everyone's sort of praying and they're sort of praying someone home to God, whereas sometimes I go anoint someone, they're in the hospital all alone. They might be alienated from their families or have no one living anymore and they're by themselves physically, and sometimes that's harder. Same cancer, same situation, but that loneliness is a kind of suffering that might not even be visible to some of the staff or the healthcare workers, but certainly to God, so... It's a great topic today. It's something I think we all, everyone listening, we all, we all suffer. Right. Um, and we're, where's our faith at? So every single one of us listening, talking on this program today, we share this in common. It's the great human commonality of the heart and experience. So that's why it's it's a great topic because we all we all experience this. So so where is God in this? It's a great program and a great a great question.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and redemptive suffering. Seeing as you as you were beginning your answer there, Father, just talking about how suffering, uh, obviously, has played a central role in our redemption as a human race. Uh, that the Lord has redeemed us through His suffering, but also thinking about how our suffering can be united with His. And and you're right. We'll get into that topic later on in the program. Let me ask for you, the listeners, if there are ways that you have seen God's redemption at work through the suffering that you have encountered. Please. Give us a call. Tell us the story. Encourage others with the story of how God has worked in and through you and how he has brought redemption to you through some of the suffering that you've experienced. Our number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. You can also send us an email. Our email address is at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, just as I'm reflecting again on, on my own experience of suffering, I think uh, one of the things you said was, was very much true, that in my better moments, I'm able to be consoled by the fact that our Lord himself is familiar with suffering and that he is still willing to enter in to uh, the suffering that I encounter in my life and that he's there with me. But there still seems to be uh, something in my mind that wants to try to figure it out, figure out why, why is this happening to me or why did God allow this in my life and that sort of thing. And I'm just wondering, your what's your thoughts on that, Father? Is that is that a thing that I should try to avoid? Um, because uh, I'm just reflecting a little bit on God's answer to Job when he was complaining, you know, he was saying, you know, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me. Yeah, you know.
2: That's it's probably one of my top two favorite books in the Old Testament, right? Great, but course, yeah. Job, Job is sort of a pre of Jesus, right? He didn't know Christ. Um, the writer was magnificent, and I love the the end of that book is great. Like, you're not God, right? So don't try to figure it all out That's the kind of the short answer, the lesson of Job. But at the same time, you know, God has a lot of faith in Job, so God in the story of Job has a great confidence in him that he'll stay faithful And when he goes through all these things, again, um, Job's an innocent sufferer we see in the story, but he's sort of a a prefigurement of the real person that is Jesus, who's a real person of the Trinity. Um, But I I think, um, you know, Jesus sort of trumps Job, in a sense, in a real way. He's a real person who chose to enter in and reveal the fullness of God. But but Job's a good setup. I would encourage people to read that book. I think it's a very encouraging book. So we don't want to stay away from it. I think we have to be honest with Jesus and the Father in Heaven and say, look, you know, I'm having this experience, and I'm really suffering. I feel very distant from you. I don't feel your presence. I think that honesty in our prayer with Jesus is very helpful. I do think in good times, um, in times when we're not maybe in a major, I think there's like you know, I think storms of suffering is like, you know, showers and then hurricanes and then, you know, Category 5s and 9 kind of come into our lives sometimes and it can be overwhelming when that happens. A big storm comes in the world and we're like, Gasp! everyone. And sort of that can happen in our lives too. Just something happens very suddenly and all of a sudden it's overwhelming. We're not sure how to feel or what to do. But I think it's a balance. We want to trust God. God permits suffering, but God doesn't enjoy us. He's not tormenting us. Like a lot of people connect the dots erroneously Jesus says that in the gospel right like they they think this this person's child is blind because they've committed a sin sort of this strange idea that our suffering is exactly related to us sinning now suffering is coming well because of sin there's no doubt about that original sin personal sin we suffer because we sin right sometimes we know we suffer because other people sin against us, or we sin against them, or we break down our charity. Whatever happens, so suffering increases by that. But the very nature of suffering uh, is is very much, I, I think, it's we kind of want to find uh, not either or, but with and. So, trying to trust God when we suffer—that first question you asked me—and and at the same time being honest and sharing that with Jesus. That's why, you know, I love Catholic churches. You have to have a suffering Jesus on the cross near the altar and kind of our brothers and sisters who are maybe born again or they don't want much to do with the crucified Jesus because Jesus is in fact risen in glory at the right hand of the Father. But I love Catholicism in so many ways. One of the things I love is one of the key features or central focus and mysteries of our faith is redemptive suffering, and it's the cross of Jesus. So when we're in those better times, that's a time to read the Passion Account. That's a time to do Stations of the Cross. That's a time to kind of read the gospel accounts and to kind of study, if you will, the suffering of Jesus Christ, who is God, who is innocent, who who the Father suffers through Christ his Son, you know, having him do this. I think coming into kind of an intellectual understanding of that to our best of our ability, a heartfelt reflection on that, and then, you know, I think think we need to sort of, I'm all for sort of in the peaceful times when there's not a great amount of suffering, over, or not being overwhelmed, to sort of meditate on the passion more and try to study redemptive suffering. Again, I, one of the things that made me so passionate about this topic is when I was in seminary, um, I read what's called Salvaci Dolores by St. John Paul II, and it's a, it's a, a short uh, reflection, and it's called it's means on redemptive suffering. And I'd recommend to our listeners to read that. Um, you know, you can read Job, but again, I, I think John Paul's letter on redemptive suffering is is certainly very, very helpful. It helped me out quite a bit. It still does, sort of uh, putting into context the question, why is this suffering? Where is God? These big, big questions. And John Paul really kind of tried to tackle that, but in a very succinct kind of, easy-to-read manner. He was so bright and brilliant, but um, unlike some of his more philosophical writings, this writing is very based in humanity and the the world of human suffering. He talks about the meaning of suffering. He talks about Jesus Christ suffering conquered by love, that love conquered suffering, which is a great line, Mm -hmm. and then our sharing in the sufferings of Jesus. So I'd encourage people... To, um, you know, to, he talks about the Good Samaritan, right? The Good Samaritan parable where Jesus tells that story. And the Good Samaritan actually crosses the street and gets involved in the suffering of the person in the ditch that was left for dead. And then he talks about Jesus does that with us when we suffer. And that's a great that's a great thing to know um, and do that. But I think in your life, in my life, my guess is if we had the chance or the opportunity, or our listeners today, we could all t- easily tell a lot of stories looking back. We see the grace of of the suffering that we have but in the middle of it you can't feel much and you can't see how god's working through it but later on easter comes and we see that suffering was actually the gift that got us closer to christ closer i mean some of my best friendships in my life were all formed at the foot of the cross you know even as a priest as a person some of my best spiritual friendships today were all founded through an experience of suffering um and that's important i think i can challenge our listeners again Look back in your life, was there something that was really hard where you gained a relationship out of that, an understanding of God? And I think when we look back, we can almost all of us pretty much can find an example, a place where we we deepened a relationship or a relationship healed through something that was very challenging and difficult. So God's always at work. He's always pouring out. And especially in our suffering, is very close to us. So, even you know, we might not feel something, or we can certainly question Jesus and God and say, "What? Why is this happening?" But Jesus did that on the cross, right? Well, I think on the on Good Friday, the whole gospel of suffering is exposed. Father, if possible, let this cup pass me by. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And I think we can pray both those things with total honesty and sincerity when we're suffering. And they're, they're two great lines to pray ourselves. And we can pray them honestly as Christ came to to really redeem humanity. And he, he did it again by that that free suffering. And that's what the Eucharist is the Mass, right? The result of free him freely uh, staying with us and, and bearing our wounds and our sins. And But, you know, um, God suffered so much and we think, All that Jesus suffered, all the Blessed Mother suffered, his friends. And then Easter came, and and that's the promise and the hope that we all have. So so we need to sort of be open to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you have seen the grace that Christ has brought to you, specifically through some experience of suffering, give us a call. Tell us the story. Inspire others with the story. And maybe somebody else who's in the midst of some pretty profound suffering right now. Our phone number at the inner life is 888 914 9149, 888 9149. Father, I want to go back to uh, one of the things you said before in that, uh, you know, suffering it doesn't necessarily, uh, it's not necessarily this amount of suffering as a result of this specific sin that we commit. Nonetheless, suffering has entered the world through sin. And uh, sometimes you mentioned that it's when others sin against us. And especially as we're talking about redemptive suffering, um, just thought maybe this would be a good que- time time to ask the question of what's the role of forgiveness in the midst of suffering? Because you know, oftentimes it's the last thing we want to we want to do. If someone has sinned against us, it's causing us suffering. The last thing we want to do is to offer forgiveness. But oftentimes, that may be amongst the first of the things that the Lord is asking us to do. Right.
2: Right, and again, forgiving someone doesn't mean what they did is okay or really nice or holy, right? So, once we get the wrong idea about forgiveness, I think forgiveness means we have to try to almost imagine it never happened or it doesn't hurt. That's not real forgiveness or reconciliation. That's sort of that 's a mind game, you know that 's not fair um, to the person trying to forgive, so we look at the cross again, but you bring up a good point, I think some of our own hurts and wounds you know Jesus had five wounds, sometimes we have wounds in the heart too, and we need to really be open to a disposition towards reconciliation and if we look if we bring our sins to Jesus you know Sometimes marriage counseling, like if, if both couples know their sinners and they look at their own sins and then they go to counseling, they can usually work through it. But if a, if a spouse really has trouble and cannot see their own sins, but only, and sometimes very grievous sins of the spouse, whatever they might be, um, but I have walked with couples who have miraculously been healed, but the great secret seems to be that both people realize they both have sins in the marriage and in the relationship, regardless what they are. And they go for sign kind of reconcili they receive reconciliation, and they're much more amenable to at least being open to the long hard road of forgiveness and that that could be about anything in a marriage really so you know i, I just find that's that's a secret I've learned since ministry since priesthood walking with people, and think just but i I think you bring up a good point uh, you know a Catholic or a Christian friend of Jesus should have a a longing heart for reconciliation to be reconciled, but to reconcile not to be opposed. To any kind of healing in any kind of situation and it helps, but I do find this and I, I you know, if you're listening to this program and you think you've suffered something because you have this grievous sin in your past or you did or didn't do something and I do believe with all my heart, many people in their head they do what that guy did in the gospel, they, they accuse themselves of suffering because God is punishing them for a very particular weakness that they have or had and and that's, that's sad because that sort of makes God a, a treacherous a treacherous, mean, distant God who's sort of groveling in our suffering. And that's, if we know the cross and who Jesus is, we would really uh, not go there. We wouldn't permit ourselves to go there. So be careful out there if you're listening. You know, God, you know, we can bring those things we've done wrong to reconciliation, to confession, to spiritual friendships, to to a way. But, you know, the Lord wants to give us a peace of mind, a peace of heart, and and to experience His love. So be careful with ourselves. We have to be careful that we've we've all had things we regret, and who doesn't, but we have to be mm-hmm. careful that we don't uh, think our suffering is sort of, uh, if you will, uh, an earthly payment already being you know, called for by the Lord, and that'd be a dangerous place to live, because then you wouldn't let yourself get close to God for mercy, mm. and that would be um, maybe another bad rabbit hole to go down with suffering, sure. um, and just be careful. I, th- I, I do think, honestly, I think a lot of people, more than we know, might have that, that trouble in their minds when they kind of evaluate where's their suffering come from, where is God, and God's not this great great you know suffering machine <coughs> excuse me.
1: Right, absolutely, and that's a a good lesson to remind ourselves of. And I I appreciate your words of wisdom (laughs) on that. Our spiritual director today here on the Inner Life is Father Marcel Taillon, uh, pastor of St. Thomas Mauer Catholic Church within the diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. We're talking about a topic that he, I know, is very passionate about, and hopefully going to bring a lot of uh, understanding to us. And that is redemptive suffering. How does the, the suffering that we encounter? How does that bring about God's work, God's redemption, His redemptive work here? in our world and in our lives. We're going to take a short break here on the inner life, but we'll be back right after this. Stay with us.
0: We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Forester's studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com/slash forester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states.
1: Welcome back to the Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley sitting in for Josh Raymond today as we're talking about redemptive suffering. How does the Lord bring about his redemption into our world and into our lives through the suffering that we ourselves encounter and experience? Our spiritual director is Father Marcel Tyone, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Church within the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. Also says, Father, that you are, the chaplain for the, or you are the chaplain for the Providence chapter of Legatus as well. So thank you for all of your good service and work there. Father, let's uh, go. We've got a yeah, phone call coming in, an actual international phone call, because Marianne is calling in from Edmonton, Alberta, up in Canada. Marianne, welcome to The Inner Life.
3: Good morning. How are you people today?
1: Doing welcome. well, thanks. thanks for calling.
3: Oh, you're very welcome. Thank, thank you for the for this. I real I really enjoy your radio station. Anyways, I'm calling, and I it's not a question. It's more of a comment. Or see what see what your response would be. I have a 99 year old mother who is really quite demented, and she suffers every day. Like she's kind of in and out of her dementia. She knows every so often, but she gets so anxious, and she's just not in physical pain, but in mental pain, and I just don't understand why our Lord doesn't take her home to my dad.
2: Hmm. Well, first of all, thanks for your call. It's a great question. I think it's a great uh, insight and an honest, again, an honest answer to the Lord. Um, I mean, I think, you know, the, the short answer is that, obviously, her mission, the Lord believes somehow her mission's still not finished here um, which is hard it's hard uh, 99 years a long time but her mind is struggling we know that but her soul is very much present And, you know, maybe one of the reasons she's still living today is to call all of us to pray for you and for your family. And if she had gone home to God yesterday, you wouldn't have called and the Lord wouldn't be sending you all these prayers. And maybe her presence in your question is going to help somebody listening to this program today to find solace that they're not alone with their parents that have dementia and maybe have some of the same yearnings and questions of the heart. So don't forget that. I think already you can see redemptive suffering happening in this situation today, even though you say why you know why why, but the lord's not hurting your mom, he loves your mother um, he 's with her, and he 's preparing a place for her and it is difficult, I think uh, you know honestly your honesty your your humility, your transparency you know god 's going to honor that, and i 'm certainly going to pray for your mom, but I also believe once once she goes home to God, whether it 's tomorrow in two years. You'll kind of see over the years the the fruits of the Holy Spirit will sort of be revealed to you as you get through these difficult days. It's hard to see someone we love in a in a situation like that, of course, but it calls for love, pray prayer, hope, and charity. And obviously, you have love for your mom, or you wouldn't even be calling. So it's a beautiful witness to that. But I think too, you're not alone. In this experience, the Lord's with you, relevant radio listeners are with you, and many, many other listeners uh, have probably had a road like this of dementia with someone they love. Sometimes young people even get it. Praise God she's had this fullness of years. We have people that have dementia much younger in life, which is uh, another whole cross for different families and people. So um, I, th- I think we uh, pray for you that simply you kind of trust God, that some very much good is coming out of this for all of us and for your mom. But we'll certainly entrust her to our prayers and also to the, the providence. She's under the providential care of her divine heavenly father. And uh, he has a great love for her and he's not punishing her or not, not with her. And I, I think that's, your situation reveals the very topic of the beauty of redemptive suffering. So her suffering is has been redeemed. Um, it's giving glory to God in its own way, of course. And we're going to pray that that His will be done in all things, but also that He hears your yearning and knows you and your your heart as a daughter that He's very much close to you and uh, and certainly can can draw closer to you through this experience, as hard as it is. So um, there's no perfect answer in a sense, but the, but there's a perfect, we ask God for, to give you the trust uh, in him that, that he calls us all to have when we kind of can't make sense of the circumstances, especially when it's someone else. I think your call is very wonderful because you're calling for someone you love, not yourself, and, mm-hmm. and there's something even powerful about that, that you're sharing that.
1: Yeah. And Father, you had mentioned a couple times there uh, about prayer, and Marianne, if I may, you um... Let me just ask you: Are there any specific ways that you pray for your for your mom, especially as she's suffering from dementia?
3: Oh, I'm I'm working my own way to heaven. Let me let me tell you, <laughs> I I've, I'm I'm not bragging, I'm not complaining. I'm just again making a statement that I visit my mom every day, as mm-hmm. hard as it mm-hmm. is, and we pray the rosary every night. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> One small step at a time I'm gonna make it to heaven too. So yeah, I yeah, and I pray for mom like on, on all the intentions, let's let's say with Drew or any of the masses kind of thing that I have a chance to put in my intentions. It's always for my mom.
2: Hm. Well that's beautiful too, right? To get that every time you're with her, it's like a little retreat with your mom and every day is an extra as hard as it is, it's an extra experience of, of prayer with her communion. Imagine how blessed she is to have a daughter that entrusts her to Mary's intercession, her blessed mother, your mother. And I think there's something even profound witnessing about that that you say day by day and sometimes that's what it is right when we're suffering sometimes it's hour by hour minute by minute sometimes if it's a a big thing you know the bigger it gets it's sometimes it's minute by minute and that's okay i think we don't need to have all the answers figured all out but just keep having that trust that prayerfulness and, and those prayerful experiences with her i mean she's she's taught you to pray she's she's obviously been a good mother and praise god you have you have the commitment to be with her and be there and her soul her soul knows christ the soul knows. You know, the soul never goes right. The mind may be confused or have have some distraction or, or unknowing things, but the soul's always present. And I always tell people when we anoint, when I anoint someone who might be in the dying process and they're completely either on medication and non-responsive or they're completely dementia, they don't know anything. Christ knows their soul, and the soul knows Christ. So that anointing is a direct um, encounter with Jesus of the soul being anointed, and, and that affects everything in the person. I think. Sometimes we forget we're body, and body, mind, and soul. When the mind goes, it's hard, but the soul is always present. Your mom's soul is 100% present, loved by God. And when you pray, you're in the presence of her soul until she goes home to God. So it's a great, it's a great thing that you shared that with us as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes thank you for that Marianne Thank you for the call And uh, thank you for continuing to visit your mom every day And praying with her Praying the rosary every day I think that's a wonderful example for the rest of us And something we can all aspire to And Father there really is I can see that in Marianne's daily visits to her mom um, Just that, uh, that good Samaritan attitude of You know what I will enter into your suffering uh, And just uh, there's so many positive things That can come from that aren't there
2: no, and we look. Like, uh, you know, she's growing in in charity, right? We have to die to ourselves yeah. and be for others, and it's hard, but that's the beauty, right? So we see mm-hmm. and hear in her voice her love for her mother, her love for God, her. Or sort of honesty, like it's a perfect call. Like she she witnessed to everything we're talking about, right? Um, in a right. real way, and she's she's in the thick of it, and she's not giving up. She's gonna stay with the Lord and pray and trust. She's trusting God one day at a time. She said, like that, one day at a time. And sometimes, you know, that, that's okay. We don't need to figure it all out and figure out the outcome. We just know there's grace and love being poured out at each moment. But I think sometimes, too, suffering of another calls for compassion, for sacrifice, and that makes us more like Christ. So when it's hard sometimes. I think people that have you know children with disabilities or a kind of a family member they're caring for a long-term care situation, which is always you know a grueling marathon sometimes for a lot of families. Someone in the family may may have problems throughout their life, be born with chronic illnesses or debilitations or you know physical disabilities, mental disabilities, mental illness. We think of how many people, how many families are they're all affected by this this suffering within a family or within a you know, a community of friends. So, but it always calls for charity. It calls for hopefulness, and and those things make us more like Jesus. We may not be able to stop the suffering or fix it, or but again, being with you know, compassion is being with. You right. think the passion Jesus compassion with the passion, and every time we're walking with someone, even if we have empathy, we pray. Those things make us more like Christ. So suffering actually helps us to grow in holiness. Sometimes I think it's the fastest way we grow is not by being blessed, but by the suffering is where we actually encounter Jesus on the cross and become more like him. So, you know, there's something to be said for that. It's that there is a positive grace around people we love suffering and, and calling us to be more like Christ in it. So, so try not to be discouraged. We have to try not to get, sometimes we get fatigued, but, but don't despair. And, and it's okay day by day. I thought, thought that was a great line.
1: Mm, That is a great line. So thank you, Marianne. Thank you for the call, and thank you for the ways that you are encouraging others just through the witness and the testimony that you gave. Let's go from Marianne uh, to Polly, who's calling in from New England. Polly, welcome to The Inner Life.
4: Hi. um, I had a conversation with my brother a couple years ago, and uh, he's been through a lot of suffering. Um, They lost a child in a tragic accident. There's been a chemical abuse, um, and he said to me, well, it's because of my sins that I'm suffering like this, and mm. I didn't know what to say, I, I, I mean, my heart just broke when he said that, and yeah. I tried to comfort him, you know, and uh, I tried to comfort him as I could, but the other side of the coin is, I have encouraged him to go to confession, he said, well, that's not going to happen, I, I think, I believe he and another family member, I just terrified of going to confession, because yeah. of past things that happened in their lives, and traumas. But the other comment was that uh, Jesus said to that paralytic there at the pool of Bethsaida, uh he cured him, and then he came up to him in public, and he said, now you are healed, sin no more, so nothing worse happens to you.
2: Yeah. Well... I think, you know, again, we don't know the whole story of that particular guy at the pool his whole life. I wish we knew more details, right? That would be helpful. But there's also, I talked about up in this program earlier, so you, you know, it's sad to hear him say it's. He's, he kind of feels like he's being punished, right, um, for his sins. And again, I don't know if you were listening at the beginning of the program, I talked about that. People often, they really think God is punishing them and that's why they're suffering and that is so not the nature of god god is love and there's justice in the world and there's suffers again sometimes we suffer because we've sinned other people sinned that's no doubt about that and the man at the pool of siloam you know certainly gives testimony to that as well but jesus doesn't want him to suffer so when we sin we suffer like in other words If we go out today and commit a sin, we're going to suffer from that. So Jesus doesn't want us to sin. So he tells us not to sin, rather, so we can reduce the suffering. Because every time we sin, we suffer. It's it's a ramification from sin. But when we have these major sufferings in our life, and especially if we've struggled with chemical or mental health or suffered some some kind of awful things in life, um, God is not relishing and punishing us with that. So I'm going to pray for him. I feel... You know, you're right. To kind of, it's interesting. You didn't know what to say. I, I think it's hard, um, but I, I think uh, you know we need to make sure he understands that that God is not doing that. But it's a shame he's not open to reconciliation. I think that would be a great thing, as because that would be an inner healing of the heart that he's loved by God everywhere, especially in his past. And so I'm going gonna to pray he gets to confession somehow, because um, I think that would. You, you have the right instincts, right? You want to bring him to confession. You know what to say, but I think we can tell people with confidence, you know, God, Jesus revealed that God is love and he's came to not condemn us, but to free us. So all we have to do is turn to him for mercy and be healed. Um, the Lord, the Lord is not throwing out punishments left and right, suffering, relishing in our suffering. And I'm glad you called because it's again, a testimony to what we said at the top of the hour that many, many people think they're suffering because of what they've done in the past, that God is sort of punishing them right now in a very supernatural way. And it's. It's it's always a great sadness to hear that because it's, it's it's another layer of suffering that a person shouldn't have is is to not know the closeness and the mercy and the friendship of God. So that that's where we can try to help help these people, you know, to kind of get out of that mindset. It's a very painful uh, place to live. So we should uh, pray about that. You know, I think I think it's Luke's gospel too, where where those. Uh, where we we heard that story I was talking about earlier where you know not all suffering is from sin so again we sin causes suffering that's true so we're not going to deny that but at the same time um god doesn't our suffering is not god just punishing us for all our past sins that also that's not accurate so we have to make sure we we get these big things straight or so otherwise we'll we'll stay far from the lord by in a very sad way
1: as true as that is, Father, it is sometimes difficult to get out of that mindset. So, Paulie thank you for your call and thank you for, um, yeah, just being honest about this. This is the way that uh, that it can be hard, it can be hard to do. And when you see a loved one who is struggling with this very concept of thinking that this suffering is coming on because of. Suff- or suffering is coming on because of sin, as punishment for sin, that can be really tough. I think we've got another call that's a, a, around the same topic, Father, and Denise has been waiting patiently, for, and she's calling in from California. Denise, welcome to The Inner Life.
5: Hello. Um, thank you so much for uh, both of you for what you do. I do have struggle and confusion on this topic. How do I handle suffering? There's a lot of problems in our family right now, and one of them is very imminent, and it's pretty scary. And there's, they just keep, seems like a pile on, seems like a tsunami is happening. And we're like, what, what is going on? Why are things deteriorating and becoming so difficult for us? And I pray all the time. I ask for God's mercy, and I think, what have I done? And then um, I did speak to, actually spoke to Patrick Madrid, and he okay. said, read the book of Job. And then yeah. you mentioned Job, and I haven't finished it yet, and it's very hard. I don't I don't quite understand all the Bible speak, you know. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, I just need some advice. I don't know how to handle all this,
2: and well, how I should only thing...
5: deal with God on this.
2: Yeah. Feel about well, it. Well, I mean, yeah, and I think your again your honesty, your transparency with Him when you when you pray, when you speak to Jesus, just speak to Him. Tell them how you feel and uh, tell them what you're experiencing, but the one thing uh, you did—you did throw that little sentence in there. You know what have I done? You just said that a little bit. Maybe a, I don't know if you we just said that now. And again, I—I I don't think there's anything. You, you too, be careful. You're not. We all have our. We all have struggles in life. We're not perfect. None of us is perfect except the man on the cross, who's our Lord and Savior. But be careful that um, you don't think for a minute that the Lord saw it heaping on you and kind of seeing how much you can take or anything, I, you know, that's that's where the book of Job, again, the book of Job, I always pause, I prefer John Paul's writings on, on redemptive suffering because he knows Christ, and Job is great, but, you know, God's like, sort of with Satan having this conversation, it's like, well, I'm going to do this, and then he won't leave I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, so, so that's okay to read the book, and we get the questions at the end, but we need to also get to Jesus Christ on the cross who's, you know, the complete fullness of the Old Testament scriptures. And we want to make sure that the cross of Jesus is where we meditate on and end up there. Um, Because Job is limited. It's a great book. I love it. But it's it's a limited... It it reminds us we're not God, but Jesus is God, and he's revealed who God is. So Job didn't know that. So we we have an advantage over Job, and we need to kind of, I think, come into contact with that and give kind of a, a global... Jesus can look down over our lives and our hearts and all our suffering, the suffering in the world... And we see Christ crying, you know, his tears, his heart move with passion and compassion and accompaniment with us in our suffering. And that's who God is. His nature is to be loving and to be with us, to so want to be careful again, stay away from the, the punishment, temptation from the enemy. Oh, see, God doesn't love you. That's why you're going through this. God's not with you. That's why you're going through this. Those are lies of the enemy. <laughs> that is not the sacred heart of Jesus or the mind of Christ, uh, trying to relate to us what's going on. So let's be gentle with ourselves, let's be careful. We don't want to make big mistakes on these things because they're such fundamental questions that we all have. Wanna make sure that the cross of Christ, the power of Christ, suffering's been redeemed. So suffering unleashes love. Let's say that again. Suffering has been redeemed. It's redemptive suffering and it unleashes the love of God in our hearts. His company, his tears and want to make sure we're receptive to that as much as possible, and not base our our feelings, our fatigue, or our past, and think that God is is heaping upon us because that that's just not the nature of God. So we just want to be very, very careful and tenuous uh, around these big questions, and and make sure we kind of lean into Christ's sufferings and, and understand His suffering was innocent, and it redeemed us, and it's redeemed our suffering. And I encourage, still encourage people. I've, I read a book. Um, This week, I'm doing a 30 day retreat, a Sister for Life, a Sister Faustina Pia, um, a 30 day quick at home retreat. It's called uh, The Litany of Trust, and it kind of deals with when suffering comes. It's been helpful to me. It's kind of a new book out, and uh, I also find that's like a sideways way to look at redemptive suffering. She writes this retreat on how we trust God when it's hard to do that when things happen. But it's a very, I found it a very encouraging book, a very encouraging way to deal with this topic in a way that's not just thinking about it, but kind of taking, she does some scripture and some reflections. And I'm on day 28, almost done, but it's been a gift to me that just came out. So it's something new. But also I think reading John Paul's exhortation on redemptive suffering is also helpful, and also reading the gospel. So Job's great, but we don't want to stop at Job. We want to jump into the New Testament and kind of go where the Passion of Christ can help us, too.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Father. Thank you for that. Denise, thank you for your phone call. I hope that's helpful to you as well, um, going going on through Job, but all the way to the cross of Christ. As we're speaking about redemptive suffering today on The Inner Life with our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tayon, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Church in the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island. We need today another quick break, but uh, we'll be back right after this welcome back to the inner life here on relevant radio glad you're joining us today my name is patrick Conley. my thanks to nick zentovich our producer and also maggie greschel who's taking your phone calls today as we're speaking about redemptive suffering and there's been lots of great calls lots of great responses by our spiritual director father marcel Tayon. Uh, who is with us from the Diocese of Providence, Rhode Island, speaking about a topic that he's very passionate about. And Father, I, we do have some callers who have been waiting patiently, but I did want to make sure that we did cover uh, uniting our suffering to the sufferings of Christ on the cross. And uh, do you have any particular and practical advice on how we do just that?
2: Well, I think the first thing to remember is we're all part of the mystical body of Christ. We're one body in Christ. And because Christ has redeemed suffering, and redeemed us, we can unite our sufferings to Christ. So we're sort of in this, maybe a, a dark place or a helpless place or a place that's really hard. We can say, Jesus, I, I give this to you. You know, I I offer, I unite this to your cross, to your suffering, do with it as you will. Or, you know, I give you this afternoon of suffering and kind of do what we call a you know, a, a spiritual bouquet, or a spiritual gift. We could actually gift our suffering, give it to Christ for someone, for some intention, for pro life, for a family member who doesn't know the Lord or is away. Or so we unite our sufferings to Him, and it's it's powerful. That, that's you know, that John Paul wrote that Christ, in a sense, has opened His own redemptive suffering to all human suffering. That's what he wrote, um, and he reminds us, of course, that's already in Scripture. But in a sense, we're all in one body of Christ. We're all united and. Other people suffering in the body of Christ also brings us redemption, too. So it's it's an act. We can do an act of the will, a spiritual act, an intentional act, and, and just unite our sufferings to his. And, and it will and does bear. Our suffering bears fruit, everyone. Your suffering bears fruit in the kingdom of God. No question. So never doubt that. You can't feel anything. You feel overwhelmed. Your suffering because of Christ is bearing fruit, in the kingdom of God and in your own soul. So never, never doubt that. And that's for sure that's true. And that's, that's the premise where we start and end and that we can't see it, can't understand it. It's tough, but we believe that it's, it's bringing about the kingdom of God. And that, that's, that's the most important thing. But it is happening, It's happening unknown or not being felt by us and by others. And so let's try to pray for each other to, to trust and believe that. I think that will kind of give us the grace to, to continue on.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Thank you, Father. And that couples well with your, your prior phrase of suffering redeemed unleashes love. I love that. And that's mm-hmm. I'm going to be chewing on that for a long time to come. So thank you mm-hmm. for that, too. Let's go back to the phones. Lynn is calling in from New Jersey. Uh, and Lynn, welcome to The Inner Life.
0: Thank you. Um I think my question is two-part. Um, so my daughter recently had a baby. And while she... Um, while she was pregnant, the grandmother on the other side um, would, made it pretty well known that um, she felt that this child was going to bring a, a wedge between her and her son, that she wasn't going to see her son as much, and she was going to be wedged out. And she was making comments to me and others. She kept telling me this baby is going to be born sick, you know. And as it turned out, my grandson was born with a very rare genetic disorder, and um, Actually, he's on his way to Minnesota right now to check into gene therapy because his life expectancy is two. And so my question is twofold in that I find myself sometimes, although I know she's not that powerful, I find myself blaming her, um, number one. And number two, I have a hard time even wanting to forgive her for the things she said. And I'm wondering, is it a sin that I don't, forgive her and I don't even want to forgive her and number two to tie into discussing I know a couple of times it's been said in in one form by you that sometimes suffering is a result of someone's sin but it's getting hard for me to understand what sin an innocent child suffers for and I've not lost my faith in God and I do believe that he's here with us every step of this way and he has shown us so much so many miracles along the way, just even that my grandson is on his way to this program and been accepted is a miracle. Um, so I haven't lost my faith in God, but I do find myself questioning why and, and is it a sin for me to not forgive this other grandmother who, who I feel almost wished this to happen. I'm so sorry.
2: Yeah, well, Lynn, first of all, thanks for calling in, and you've been blessed in your family to have a little saint in your family, right? It's this beautiful child an innocent uh, suffering. We think of the holy innocence in, in Bethlehem. I think of that reminds me of that right away. Um, but your family has been chosen uh, in the way by God, by his grace and providence, um, you know, God chooses our families. And I always think I had, I knew a family that had a, a deaf and mute child and that didn't live long. And I remember the grandfather said to me, I said, Oh, I'm so sorry. So Terry said, Father, it's a badge because Jesus chose my daughter and her husband, because not only could they handle it, but it's a badge of honor that Jesus would entrust us with this child that's so holy and so saintly. I mean, I, again, he he flipped my understanding of it in his answer. I think he had already had to go through things you're going through, like processing and trying to figure it out. This was towards the end of this little child's life. But the beautiful thing is I think you're, you're, you know, you have a saint in your family. I think the initial thing right now is it's obviously so frightening and exhausting and, and, kind of scary really what the family's going through but the Lord's with you and then we're going to pray on that way to Minnesota that that good things happen Um, but I think not focusing on the other grandmother and right now when you go through things like this obviously things hurt very deeply um, you know the grandmother has, she's not God, she has no power over the health and well-being of this child, we know that. So I think keeping the focus on the baby, on the parents, and on your relationship with Jesus right now is probably the healthiest thing to do. And not get overly distracted and certainly start letting your mind go and build Grand Canyon between you and the other grandmother. It's not going to serve the child or your family right now. So it's hard, but I think just to, everyone's kind of probably tired and and really hurting. And and when things say when things happen or don't happen in a family, when we're hurting, everything is multiplied a hundred times. Everything hurts twice as hard, a hundred times as hard. So we're going to pray for you to kind of protect you from that. So I I would say my my you know quick advice would be to kind of keep the focus on the baby, on the parents and and not on the other grandmother, but your eyes on Christ, on the cross. Um, and again, I think just recognizing that this beautiful child is, is this little saint, and, and that as hard as it is, it's, it's terribly difficult. But um, no one's being punished. No one has control over the health and well-being, certainly, of innocent little children. God God cries with us with that. The Blessed mothers, you know, want to encourage our listeners to pray a rosary for your family. And for your grandchild, that, that they just be surrounded. And this other grandmother, you know, obviously, she must have some other issues and things going on. Um, not sure why all that would transpire like that. But hopefully this child will be, again, a gathering point for your own faith and a strengthening in you. But we'll certainly prove it's a very difficult thing. But again, your your heart and uh, the Lord, the Lord's not punishing anyone. It, definitely not. And this little child who's, who's very saintly is, uh you know, is... Is certainly uh, close to the Lord, and the Lord is is so close to the child, and and want to kind of rest on that as best we can, rest in that, and and do the good things in the world, and hopefully doctors and medical professionals that God will send can help, um, help help the baby be strong and grow, and and serve every minute in this world that it, that's called to serve to to help all of us. Like this, your phone call already. To this child is moved so many people to prayer on right now in this country in the world through Relum radio this child's story has already impacted us and moved us to prayer and charity for your family so again suffering unleashes love love is coming through this program from jesus to your family um and furthering the kingdom of god um and it's a prime example of that so try to trust that and uh appreciate Lynn, your call and you have our, our prayers and our support no doubt about that
1: yeah, very good. Yeah, thank you, Lynn. Thank you for your call, and and don't forget, you can always call in. Uh, as Drew prays the the Divine Mercy Chaplet at three p.m. Central, uh, the Family Rosary across America at seven p.m. Central. Feel free to call in and pray. Uh, I know that, as Father said, our inner life listeners are already praying for your grandson and for you and for your whole family. um So please keep those prayers going. Um, We've got just a couple minutes left. Let's try to sneak in one more call. Uh, Wanda is calling in from Wisconsin. Wanda, just a very brief time, but uh, welcome to the inner life.
3: I got it. I know. Quick. I got it. I got it. My husband's dying uh, of pancreatic cancer. He got diagnosed Thursday. He thinks he can go to hell because he lived a bad life before he turned it over to God, joined AA, and he just uh, is not Catholic. Hmm
2: well, you know, the Lord's all merciful, right? And it sounds like he's had a conversion to God, right? So he's converted to Christ and... I don't know. It might, might, you know, if he's, we're going to tell him we're going to pray for him and not to be afraid of that. The Lord Jesus has him and is with him. Um, so, if he's not Catholic, he can't have confession, but the Lord is. His mercy is available to him, and He loves him. So, make sure you tell him the Lord Jesus absolutely has a love for you, and He's He's the one that got him to to change his life. So, I'm going to pray for him and pray for you, and and for all, you know, ask Saint Joseph for a holy death. And uh, maybe if you if you're cat, are you Catholic, Wanda. She there?
3: Catholic, but I'll tell you, you know what, he's the best, he's Saint, Saint Chris, he's a carpenter with long hair, and he's been sober 33 years, and Amen. we, you know, I mean, he's incredible, so,
2: yeah, well, Saint Chris, can... his
3: name is spelled like Christ.
2: Oh, and anyway, 33 years. That's interesting, too. 33 years of sobriety, 33 years of Jesus on earth. And that that's a thats a grace right there. It's a great sign. And obviously, you love him. You see his holiness, his goodness. We can hear it. And uh, Christ sees it even more than you do. So place your confidence and trust in that, too.
1: Amen to that. Thank you, Wanda. Thank you for the call, for the brief call. I appreciate your calling in. Father, if we could get your blessing, please. Great show. Thank you. But if we could get your blessing.
2: Yeah, Father in Heaven, thank you for this program. Thank you for all the callers, their intentions. Bless us, and may we see when we look at the cross, suffering has been redeemed, but also unleashes love for us. Give us the grace to believe, to trust, and to become more like your Son in our sufferings. We ask this through Christ our Lord.
1: And Father Marcel Tayon has been our spiritual director today on Redemptive Suffering. My name is Patrick Conley. Thank you for joining us here on The Inner Life We're talking about the golden rule tomorrow here on The Inner Life, but right now we've got the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our very own Father Rocky. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining us. God bless you.